0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Abram Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I want to present to you a re-release of something that we recorded four years ago before COVID. Um, and it's a live sheer. Uh, you can hear the people that are in the room. Um, it, the audio level, of course, was not anything close to perfect, but I think the subject matter is perfect for today. Um, in the four years since this was recorded, the issue of Sineshinum, uh has reared its head enormously, especially in what we are hearing out of Eretz Yisrael. So this is, I believe, very tsukepast, as we say in Yiddish, for Tishabov. and I hope that by listening to it and perhaps gaining perspective from the Gedele Eilam, the Rav Cook Zeichat Sadev Kodesh Uvrocha, and his Rebbe, the from Naftali Tzviu, Yehuda Berlin, um, will be able to push through this and be able to really eliminate this scourge of hate. Struggling with the causes of our goles, as cited by Chazal, our sages. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, where Chazal News and Aschinum was the main mida. Um, where do they extract that from? Uh, and can we come to terms with what sinaschina means? It's thrown around a lot. Um, I think almost despite your level of learning, most people you know, will talk about the sinaschina. People know what it is. Um, and is there a plan for its eradication? Because as we're going to look in the Rambam in a minute, you'll see that that's really what's incumbent on us to do. Um so uh, I, I took a page out of, uh, the title page out of Mayor Barry book. He wrote a book of his, uh, he was the Nitzib's son, and he eventually made Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael, And, of course, the famous university my son went to and graduated from, my daughter-in-law as well. Uh, Barry ilan is, of course, uh, Mayor of Berlin, uh, changed his name to Mayor Barry And he wrote his memories, uh, his, his his uh, biography. Well, he started off as a little boy. He was the Natsiv's youngest child. Natsiv got married in the second marriage. He was in the seventy. He was about seventy something, um, but he still had on ocean He still was able to produce a child. He was actually, of course, he was only sixteen years older than his, old, his other son Chaim Berlin. Uh, you know, we all we've heard of all of the yeshivas Chaim Berlin, but Chaim Berlin, the, six, the tziv was sixteen years older than Chaim Berlin and, and seventy years older than Mayor Berlin. Had his son when he was fifteen. When he was about seventeen, yes, He got married at sixteen and he had the child when he was seventeen. So so Mayor oh, Mayor Berlin is from his second wife. Mayor Berlin is from the Arch sixteen years. Right. And, and don't take it mm-hmm. Me- Mayor Berlin is uh is this child from his second wife, uh that would be um the Mayor Berlin is from the Urcha uh the Oracha daughter, uh Epstein's sister was the one who married the Nitziv in the second marriage. We all know the you know the, the famous book in English that came out. My uncle the Nitziv. He also became, he became my bro- he was also he was also my was was also my brother in law the Nitziv because eventually the Nitziv marries his sister, and in that second marriage, that second Robinson, uh she is the one who gave birth to Mayor Barilan, Mayor Berwin. So the Nitziv was obviously a lot. In a way, very close to his older son, Reb and they were sort of—you take a look at—they actually had a lot of discussions together. They were more like brothers eventually. Uh, although, of course, Reb Berlin had a tremendous amount of covet for his father. But may, what? So, Reb Berlin went there to Israel after the Nitzitz which was in the 1880s, and he became sort of like the unofficial rabbi of Yerushalayim, Reb Berlin. Um and in many ways, or, you know, you would say Rahim Bruin is probably uh the the most key continuer, let's say, of what the Natsiv's outlook was, as I'd call it the type of covety ad form. Um and uh the Buin wrote his biography from the Lojendirus Yerushalayim. I thought it was appropriate here because I want to try to connect, if I can, because others have done it before me, uh the approach of the Natsiv and Kook, who actually spent a year or two in Volosh, a year and a half or so. Uh, he always um, uh, referred to the Mitziv as his great rebbe. But it's, it's probably correct to say that although, you know, and we've all, you know, I, I've been around here six years. I don't know how much influence I, how much I've gotten influence from, from here and how much I've been able to do here. But when you're younger, like Ruf Cook's age, and he was just a, a young, almost married or just got married fellow, I think the influence that he had from the Mitziv was strong. But I think we have to call Rav Kook a, a different thinker than the Nitziv was. He had tremendous respect for him, and there are lines of similarity, and we're going to talk about them today. And Many people have made this connection, um, especially in terms of the subject of, of, of Sinat Chinam uh, and, and what sinas, Sinat Chinam means and how to how effectively deal with it. So I'm going to try to deal with the approach of the Nitziv and mention also the approach of Rav Kook, Satsal, uh, and we call it misplaced suspicion, which has to do with the nativs' attitude, which is not to suspect everyone, L-C-Y. and we'll see why. And Rav Kook, which is about unconditional love. Uh, although Rav Kook was not the first one to, to say the, the famous pisgah, he said that the on b'shamikdash occurred as a, as, as a result of Sinaskinam. And what we need in order to rebuild the base of is avaskinam. Talk about what that might be. Rav Kook was not the first one to say it, but he's the most famous person to say it. And I have, if you take a look in uh, what I've added to today's class in the notes, you'll see the uh, sources that they are in Rav Kook's statement. Is there from the Sefer Oras Hakodesh? Okay, so. Um, before we start, uh, let's deal with the two questions here. How can we relate the generation of the Chorbron to our own times? Now why should we? So let me just show you here, if you don't mind, uh, this Rambam. And this is one of the most famous Rambams uh, quoted. One of the vitzivs, uh, Eina Klach, uh, Rav Yoshe Ber uh loves this Rambam. He speaks about it a lot. Uh, and I'll tell you, I've probably talked about it myself at least twenty times, twenty-five times publicly, and every time you look at it, it it, it really is fascinating, and it it, it gives it, it, it's 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 original, and yet you know that uh, it's correct. Um, so this is the Rambam in Pericay of. Let me see if I can get this larger. Um, okay, so I'm going to read it for you. Here's the Rambam. Yeshom uh, Yomim. Let's see it up there. If There's days, as we know, Tishabab's coming up, days of fast days, we just shed Shabbos and Bitamas. Yisro fast? because of the tsoris that occurred. Today, so why do we fast? Okay tsoris, so you know, why do not we just you know just do chuva? Because obviously if you if, if you restrict yourself from food and you feel pain, so that causes you to think, well, here so, in other words, many people feel that Tisha is about Aveilus, is about feeling just terrible and just basically feeling devastated and to feel a sense of destruction. The Rambam says all the Tinesim, including Tisha the, there is an instructive aspect to it. True, you feel bad and you have a sense of pain. But that's really the fasting, especially, which is so visceral, so uh, right at where you live, because you're hungry and you can't eat and you're you're feeling the, the sense of change and difference. That's supposed to get you to move to actually think. Okay. Now, the question is you can do chuva every day. a person should do chuva every day. So again, what is the um, what's the significance of the chuva and or any of the fast days? So he says, Because since it's Tisha B'av and Tisha B'av carries with it all the history of what Tisha B'av is about, the liturgy and what you know about Tisha B'av of all those terrible things, the Khorbonis and things beyond. So what you do is you actually dwell on what happened in those days. And you think about what <laughs> they did and you relate it to today. In other words, umaisa seno ato. That's what the Rambam says. You can take a look up there. Those either have, again, I can make this a little bit larger here. So let me just see how I do that. Think um, over here, right? You can do control plus. Control plus. Okay, there we go. So as you can see, right? So let me make it just a little bit less. Uh, Control minus. Yeah. So as you can see, that was saying you say no ato. Now, how does the Rambam expect us to do that? In other words, the Rambam expect everybody to like have like like history tapes of what everything, or to be experts in, in Tanakh, uh, to, to to be researchers in archaeology. Um, but he says that so clearly the, the the point of departure, we have to depart from where we are. In other words, we have we have Chazal, we have Pesukim, and, and and obviously we don't live in that period, and thousands of years away from that period. But the Ramam says that by emphasizing what they did wrong, by emphasizing their negative actions, it's zikaron le'mayseinu aroyim. We make it live to us. We 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 can't help. But think about hey, how, how am I like that? Okay, I'm I'm, I'm learning about even Shri Chastam, I'm learning about Gilai I'm learning about all the Averot that 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 were prevalent in the first korban, the second korban of Sinaskinim of of the second Horban, and I'm thinking, hmm, how does that relate to me? And then I say, uh, only through myself. Can I come to probably an exact understanding, because we we don't have a time machine, we don't live there, we're a product of who we are, and yet it's it's incumbent on us to bond with what has occurred in the past and say, (laughs) That what they did is still happening now, and we're continuing what they did. So it isn't just doing tshuva for some other Abeir that we have a list every night that we look at. But these, since this day is so crucial, since Tisha B'Av is so crucial, because since such terrible things occurred, and the result of that was A, B, C, and D, we therefore look for those causes in Chazal, in the P'sukim. We see, we relate that to us, and we say, hey, we're doing the same thing. And, And in that way, we bond in a sort of ugly way, but in a real way, with the generations past. And we say, So it turns out that it isn't just, we are just as bad as them. What they did caused this to happen, and happened to them and us, But we haven't changed anything, we haven't fixed anything, we're continuing to do what they did, so we're all bonded together. So in that way, by going through this reflection, we're actually, even though it's inexact and it's imaginative, and and, and it has to be through the lenses of your own reading of the psukim, reading of Chazal, and your own sense of who you are and what you're doing wrong, you end up imposing that on the past. And you end up seeing yourself as a person who this is happening to. So why don't we change? That's the question. Why would maybe we should do differently? Uh, okay. If everything is wrong, we've been for thousands of years, and nothing. Uh, okay, so, so why don't we change? Okay, it? so well, first of all, this is the path of what we need to well, do first. But, but in other words, but one thing, one thing, you'll see we can't do is just assume that that was then, this was now. If if we, if, yeah, go ahead. I understand I that's right okay Rambam ramam is a Rishon, and most he musar right a this is this is the uh, way of, of telling us okay i, I again I I, I I i just want to put it on the table how interesting it is that it's is that again it's the, it so, because the Rambam is trying to to give significance and why it'll work. Now, Yossi, maybe look what he says here. The Rambam at the end, that if we do the good job of really not just you know thinking about the Holocaust, which is also terrible, and thinking about, but actually thinking about what actually occurred historically and getting a sense of what life was like then and what the korban meant then, connecting it to what we're doing now. In a similar way, no And this way, we'll be able to really do tshuva and become better people. And now he brings a posik. This posik is at the end of the tohachah. Okay, so it sounds like we need to do tshuva with them in mind. And he brings a raya from that. And of course, we say this posik every year on Yom Kippur over and over again. The Pasik, the Rambam quotes, it's his own Chidush. I don't think it comes from any other place in Chazal. This is his own Pshat in the Pasik. It says, by the end of the Tokacha, you take a look here, it says, vadu es Avonam, Viz Avon Avotam. That when you do Vidui, you're going to do Vidui for their Avera, meaning the Jews of the future. The Rambam is talking about after God unleashes all the terrible things that are in the Tokacha, in, in the end of partial in the in, in Parsha's it says that we will finally come to our to come to terms and we're going to do vidui on our Aveirot and the Aveirot of our parents. And normally of course the question is how can you do Vidu for someone else? How can you do Vidu for your parents? The answer is that's not that somehow they're in Shamayim and like you're you're clapping Al Chait for them and it's working. But rather, you're recognizing your chet, and you're recognizing how it echoes the chatoyim of the previous generations. And therefore, your vidui isn't just a vidui for your particular situation. It's a more grander vidui. It's a vidui that comes from you, but also comes from your reflection. And then... The Shalom can bring the Geulah. This is the Rambam in the very beginning of a parakay of, uh, of, of Hilchas Taanit. So, based on this, okay, there's other statements, but based on this, I think it, it behooves us. Okay, so let's look at those diras. Let's look at them and see how we can relate to that. But normally, again, you think about why are you mentioning the Obis? According to the Rambam, you're mentioning it because <clears throat> you're reflecting on. How this, how the world isn't fixed. The world isn't what we want it to be. There's still terrible things going on. But you also go, you, you can't, you can't ignore history. On the other hand, history is ultimately very personal. And it's, it's because, because we can speculate and theorize and we could even give a very lucid description. Even we've been, I've been trying to do that to you for the last couple of weeks, talking about what life was like a hundred years ago. And we talked about that last week. Ultimately, though, it's it's a channel uh, that works for ourselves. So let's talk about the first source here. Let me um, get that up. And Most of the sins of the fathers are visited over children, so we have access to it. Right, but but but, I, but but it isn't just that we that we get that we are suffering because of their sins. So are the result. We're, we're, more than positive. that, more than we right. we continue, we're we continue to sin in the same way they did. And, and uh, don't you see that sometimes from family to family, kind of culturally, certain people maybe aren't considerate yeah. of certain things, and they learn from their parents and they behave the same way their parents did in the same inconsiderate way. And, and right, exactly. <laughs> okay, but we're supposed to fix that, right? But we, but so let's take a look at. Um, let me see what we sent out here. Okay. When they do it, they might be out we don't like to see what we right, right, of okay. Them, right, right. Okay, well, I hope this is going to <coughs> download properly. Because um, my friend um, Joe says we should always I should always send out PDFs because many times if I send doc, uh, it bounces back. So let's see. Hopefully this will open up properly. If not, I have a backup as a PDF. So let's take a look. All right, so this is a familiar material for many. Um, and let's see what we can gain out of it. Okay, all right, let's try to make this larger if we can. My mouse is not working so well, but here we go. Everybody see all right, the board? it right now. Okay, so again, this is – all right, so this is a Gemara and, and Actually doing some research – this is, you know, the Talmud is, of course, a later source compared to the Mishnaic sources of Tosefta. This actually starts off as a as a arichos of a Tosefta in Menachos, interestingly, which you'll see in a couple minutes. So, but this is the Talmud's elaborated version of this material. So, Amr Rabbi Yochanan ben Tarisa. so he starts with Shiloh. We're not going to spend too much time on Shiloh, but Yochanan ben Tarasa, or Tarisa, who was a contemporary of Rabbi Akiva, um, he puts three, he actually has three templates here. He starts off with Shiloh, which of course was lasted for uh, close to 400 years, I believe. Uh, maybe longer. You take a look and see, it's in the back of a lot of these, uh, uh Tanakh. Is this the continuation of the Gemara walking backwards? Why did it walk backwards by Shiloh, by David? Um, this Gemara is just talking about what happened in Bayesheini. So the Gemara talked, no, but deleted, I think, was, um, the lead into this Gemara was about, was about how many, that uh, they were, oh, there were so many Kohanim Gedolim and Bayeh because they all died. So therefore we took a step back about, at <laughs> the bottom. So, they Shiloh. So, Shilo had Gili to of Bezoian Kochan. Now, um, obviously the, the Gemara brings Psukim that that was actually happening in Shiloh itself. And of course it brings the Psukim about Aili. That Ailey heard that his sons had actually slept with the women who were coming to bring their carbonos. Now the Gemara says, no, it doesn't mean they actually slept with them. But what it means is, is that they didn't care about their carbon they were bringing. They had a lazi fair attitude, even though the women wanted to come and go back to their husbands and be tahor and to bring their carbon um, after they had child, after they had children. But they didn't care. So that attitude. So again, if, I don't have a uh, time to show you this, but the Netziv actually talks about this Gemara, and he says that the, that there's there's sort of like just like Rabbi Shlomo said that when the uh, the Yeshiva Bukhar says <laughs> the Gemara in in, in Lita, uh, the person who's non-affiliated. Uh, Strikes up a cigarette in Paris. That there is a, there is an interconnection between Claudius and especially in, in over there. He says from the fact that 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 there was this suspicion about them shows you that people start to be loose sexually and immoral even at the time of Shiloh, because that was sort of what you know people started assuming. And again, th- their attitude was you know the fact that they took this. Attitude. They should have had a pristine attitude towards the fact that they were bringing their korbanos and they wanted to come back to their husbands. Instead, they they treated it with such laissez faire, a cavalier attitude, not caring, letting them stay there. So that that shows you. The Siv says that there was in the whole community a sense of uh, a sense of of, of of lack a lack of seriousness about matters uh, of, of, of sneeze. Um, Kachim, we see right there that, of course, that they they didn't care about the Korbonos. Uh, the the, the kahanim saw the Korbonos as just a means of them getting what they wanted. Uh, they would, they would push the people who were bringing Shlomim. Uh, those who are doing the Afiyomi, we've had a lot of Torah about the Shlomim and the Chazay Bishok and they would push them to say, come on give it to me, I'm going to take it, and if not I'm going to kick you out, so there was a sense that the Korbonos were really just a means for the Kohanim to be uh, fed and satiated, it wasn't a sense of the Korbonos bringing them closer to God so that's the reason why that was a bizarre and they treated the Korbonos merely as as something that God put into the system and it's, and it's as a benefit Korach did a similar thing when he when he lambasted Moshe, lambasted, Moshe about this in and when he said that they that that you know the, the mastras and trumos it's all just a way to to give nepotism. People saw the korbonos not as a way to get close to God, but as something you needed to pay, something that the kohen demanded. And come on, come on, hurry up! I'm going to take it right now. Uh, that was Shiloh, Mikdash Risha, Meneh Malchorah. So, the Rabbi Yochanan continues, Rabbi Yonatan continues. Okay, so, and again, here, the Tosef doesn't quote this pasuk, but he quotes this pasuk in Yeshaya, uh, Kotzer Amatsa that the bed is too, uh, the little mattress is too short for a person to even spread out on it. So we make a Drosha, what does that mean? We make a Drash, Kotzer Amatsa Mishtareya, Meaning that basically what happens is is that the Avodah was this Gnostic or semi-melding of God plus the other idols together. In other words, there was an idea of syncretism, of actually putting all the different approaches to... The gods together. And that's why it's sort of like the bed is too small for both, because they had had this tradition of one God only. But now they tried to, in a way, there wasn't a complete rejection of God. But what they tried to do is is sort of have uh, a, a, a temple that could actually give everything. Um, and it could have, yeah, we're not rejecting the God that took us out of Mitzrayim. Of course, they wouldn't do that. But what they're doing is they're adding to it, changing it, and inserting other gods as almost equals in the sense of how much attention to be paid to it. And that was, um, as as he says here, It says, Hamas The maske is the sheet, or the cover, sorrow. It's too narrow to gather around the people, which we're saying what it means is is that the maske, which is the Avodah which was always a physical item. It was always some sort of mask, a face, something that you could actually look at and comprehend, became a tsara, became like another wife. To what? To the God who did the miracles of Yamsuf. They had the tradition that God had done this incredible miracles that no other God could do. And yet they had sort of this relationship in people's minds where I've got, I've uh, got to give a little, uh, little, a uh, little sugar to God. I've got to give a little time to the Sabotezara. And, and Rabbi Oneson, uh when he, when he came to that, he I, I can't believe that. Could you believe what they were doing? They actually, in their minds, they had made uh, things equal. They had made other things in their world equal to God. They'd given such significance and such passion to other things. So that's the Avodizor Apostol that we're talking about. Um, of course, uh, Gilia Raius. So here are the Psukim and yermio that speak about how the nice Jewish girls in Yerushalayim walked around. And it talks about, it's like they went on the catwalk. It talks about how their, their necks were stretched out and how they looked around and how they walked so, so, uh, uh coquettishly, uh, in a way, uh, and how, how their makeup was applied perfectly. I, I like this part of the chazal and with their feet they did poison. So Amar Rav Yitzchok, what do you mean with their feet was poison? Uh, Mel de Marcos would like this. <laughs> they would take special sorts of, uh, special sorts of spices, uh, and they put it in their shoes. And then, as they had, you know, swished and swayed over to the yeshiva bochr, you can imagine the there. over there. Like perfumes. That's right. They'd give a little, a little stomp, and what would happen? And, and then that perfume would waft from their legs, from their feet, into the yeshiva guys. Uh, because, almost like, like snakes. A uh, uh, snake's of venom. So this was sort of like that was, in a way, the the symbol. Obviously, if the girls were doing that outside, so clearly the society had a culture where it was okay to be promiscuous and to to be to be flirtatious. And therefore, the assumption is that if there was if there was flirtation going on in such a public way, that beyond the scenes, there was definitely a lot more going on. Shri Haslamim, Well, even the king himself. It says, so you see that, that even the Melech, and of course he had his, he had his enemies, right? Menashe felt that he was killing people properly. Again, Menashe was one of the great Balichuva who really didn't make it, right? We know that he said Hashem Walikim at the end of his life after he was taken, uh, he was taken prisoner and he, he found God, but he was never able. He lost his Chela Kamelim because of what he, what he let out into the society. For as a, as a, if he'd only been a private person, he would be a great story. And maybe he still is a great tragic story. But ultimately, by allowing official murders to happen. Yeah, but he still ate. Uh, the Mishnah says it's from the Malachim Shehman Chayot Koyom Mavok. Maybe there's another sheet that holds differently. But here we're saying that my point, Yossi, is Menashe is not Nageyim. What Menasha did was set an example that it's our right to kill, because Menasha took people's lives, and that most of them were probably taken, because you're an enemy of the state, most of them were probably taken out of what he felt was uh, a military expediency and uh, an illegal cause. You're seditious, right? Still, that generated the idea that human life's value is is less, and that is Shri Again, and we 're not necessarily it 's not drive by shootings that we 're talking about, but clearly the idea that human life 's value is a lot less oh that's right but i 'm saying he wasn't again this is not like you know Capone in the machine the rat at tat machine gun you know coming in over there and you know just just shooting people down that 's not what it was. Okay, my question is, what was the shvichas uh, Again, based that, based on based on this Gemara, who cool. right? But I'm talking about the, that was kolay Again, if if we look at these sources, and we're trying to be honest, we're trying to be honest, what what it is that it was. So basically, avodah Zahra meant secretism. It meant trying to sort of like blend you know, the, 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 the flavor of the month with our historical God, right? And trying to sort of make them come together. It wasn't talking, the, the psukim that are quoted aren't about Taznochas Hashem. They're not about complete denial of God. It's all about, hey, how can you bring these two things together? That's the Avodah all right? Just like the Rambam in the beginning of the Avodah the original Avodah was to the sun and to the planets and saying that they were agents of God. Here it was a little more grotesque. Because here it was saying, you know, that there's room for both. Again, the nativ might hold the answer because he says Eretz Yisrael was Masugal for Avodah Zarah. Eretz Yisrael, he says, was in fact he quotes a, a Medrash to that one of the reasons why at the time of Ezra it was such a hard sell. Uh, to bring people back is because many of them said, "Hey, I, I don't want to get involved in a zara again." Eretz Yisroh, there's something about the avir there. There's something about what's going on there that lends itself to a Again, Rav Cook had a little bit of a different explanation. He felt that, you know, uh, again, this is if it's actually in this week's parsha. If you want to look at, the, I can send it to you. This week's parsha, Parshas Dvarim, the nitziv goes into a great arichus as to why Avodah was so prevalent in Eretz role. What I can tell you is is that his Talmud, uh, Rav Kook, a semi-Talmud, uh, actually says that Avodah was a byproduct of the feeling of something that's holy and powerful that you can't see but you want to connect to. Um, clearly, it, 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 the reason why there was an affinity to it is because there's a symbol that I can somehow – Related to me. I didn't think, nobody thought that the Avodhazara was this Buddha or, you know, or some sort of, you know, big giant turtle. Nobody thought the turtle had created the world or that, but somehow in the constellation and the stars, there was something about that physical icon that made it something I can relate to. And yet it was a launch pad for me. To devote myself to holiness, because I know there's something bigger than me. I know there's holy powers that run the world, and and therefore there are these powers beyond. And that was something Rav Kook said was tied into why there was prophecy in Bayez region as well. Because prophecy is based on the fact that you have a predilection for connecting to something beyond you, and that you realize the reality in front of you is not everything. So whatever the reason, whether it was because of the Kedush of Eretz Israel that lent itself to seeing things beyond, the land having a life of its own, the land almost being not like a normal land, the land almost clearly being connected to supernatural forces, or like, you know, as, as the Nativ says, because it was so dependent on rain and so dependent on, on water and that there had been success by the other nations and therefore uh, those became options for, uh, for people who were desperate in an agricultural manner. That's the Nativ. For cook is the first thing that I said. At the end of the day, Avodah Zara was, was very powerful there. But I think as we see from this Gemara, it's about trying to embrace Avodah zara and still keep God in the picture. And that's the, that's what we say, that they were over Avodah Zahra, and the same thing as the Ego. So it's really not a Kiddush, what I'm saying. Okay. So, the boy, the he, killed, he killed his grandfather, Rabbi he, he, mean, he, he killed people as an enemy of the state. Right. Then Menashe had a rationalization. He was, like I'm saying, he was not... Uh, he was not tyrus Bulba. He was not, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, some sort of, you know, you know, uh, you know, angry warlord that just likes to, like, you know, kill people. Again, you know, he was. The Netziv says he was a, he was a Adam right? But he had basically he used his. Right. Okay. Let's go on to Vaishani, which is what we actually, right? That's the one we want to get to, right? Wow. <laughs> Doesn't just say that they that they were that they had luncheon words, right? Doesn't just say that, you know, that they oh they were once in a while. They're Babish Oyskim Bitara, right? That's what we say. Mitzvis Kamilas Khasodim, there were Gamachs as Givaldik, right? Mipne Shahois Sinasino. Now this is an incredible, Chazal, because we're saying one korban. We're comparing the two Horbones, and we're saying if korban A happens because of these three things, korban B happens because of this one thing. So that shows you that this one thing, in some way, is similar, equal to these other big three. Um, the Gemara goes on to say that. Uh, that they were okay in some way by his Rishon. The Gemara says, Rishoyim <laughs> hayu. They definitely were Rishoyim, but they still had faith in God. Um that's what the Gemara says. They were Rishoyim, but also in the Um and, uh, he says, he brings this incredible Pussek to Gemara, Pussek and Micha. It says, Rishab is Sheikh In other words, if you were a, if you were a, um if you were a judge, you could get someone to judge for you, but Pay up, alright. If you wanted to get a psak, alright. <laughs> where's the, where's the pigeon, right? I gave you the psak. come on, yeah, give me the money. Uh, and what else? And if you wanted a novi to do something incredible, you gave him some money, he'd be able to do something incredible. Okay? So therefore, but, with all their bluffing, they still had, deep down, the Gemara says, a sense of reliance on God. Because they said, Hashem ro. And, that, and that wasn't, that, whatever it was, as, as, as bastardized as it had been with Avodah Zer and other things, they still felt that God is with us. And they still felt a sense of a presence of God, with all their Aveiros going on. So therefore, it says, barcho, uxayers, So it was very measured. So uh Sium Sadehrashalayim Iantia, Arabayas yar, but it was measured. Um, whereas Mikdash sheni, as we know, we don't have, we haven't gone out of the gulfs, right? So despite the fact of how and we think about how terrible those things are rampant you know, murder, rampant sexuality, um, how could this be? So now the Gemara asks Uba rishon and Chinam? One second. In other words, they were they were they were they were scared or or, or 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 of the sword, and therefore they they sort of like clapped their 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 thighs in frustration. What does it mean that they were? What does it mean that migure uh, alcherev? It meant, this is Rabbi Rabbi Lezler's explanation, that people were hypocritical in a way. They'd sit with each other and eat and talk. And then in their dinner conversation, they would put knives into each other, right? They would just you know have a, a sophisticated speech with each other and then put in, as the compliment is going on, a little knife into the person's back. So the Gemara says, as you're right, and that definitely, the Gemara is saying there was no reason for that. That could qualify as Sinas Chenom. Meaning the Sinas Chinam was, in a way, a problem for bias Rishon, but it was only a problem among the upper aristocratic people. They were the ones who had, I guess, the time to eat, the time to be jealous, the time to be involved, and they were the ones, but the Hamonam, the regular person, the not have sinas Now Of course, the, the, the question here, even before we get to the nitziv, is that it's pretty strange because there's no sinas Yet, on the other hand, again, you'd be willing to sleep with the person's wife, right? You'd be willing to uh, to basically kill the person, right? If he was at, if it was someone you felt was an enemy, uh, obviously, there's no sinos. right? That's the answer. In other words. Yeah, I, I care for myself more than you, and I'm willing to to, to, to to be engaged in adultery because I want this woman. I don't care that she's married to you, or I, you know, you you forfeited your right to life because you got in my way. But that's not of Incredibly, obviously, it comes from a rage. It comes from a complete selfishness. But Chazal is saying it's not sinas It's reasons. There's reasons it's not behind it. Which would mean, (laughs) so which would mean that what we had in bias shaney would be hatred that, if that's true, if we're talking about hatred. So, you know, I had a translation here from Safaria, they call it wanton hatred. Hatred that somehow can't find a, that's the translation that I found. I'm not sure if it's true. Something's something's not adding up. And and the other thing, it's not. From one end of the city to the other end of the city, it wasn't valid it was valid hatred. <laughs> right, that's my question. Menashe and others. So again, this is really. So what does me kind of mean, right? Huh? What does it mean? Everyone has a reason. You know. right here. Right here. No, I I don't like these, these kind of people because because. Okay, because, so you know. here, so here's the thing. So here's the thing. If David is right, so there is, there's, a, there, there's a modern sense, when every single religious and non-religious, especially in Artesistral, they know this chazal, and many people know. It, and they say, you know what sin is? It's an attitude. It's an attitude that, uh, and, and you take a look, I, I, I um, connected to today's email a number of my marim from Rabbi Dinner. You can see there's three of them there, I don't know if you noticed plus from his son, Rebbe Lisha Avinar, Rabbi Shoma Avinar. And they are, as students of Rav Cook, sort of, in a way, trying to talk about Sinas and Abbas Kinnum. We're not going to have time to look at it today, but if you take a look over there, you'll see that part of what, what they suggest is that Sinas means that I hate you because you're not me. I hate you just because you're different. I hate you because of... It's not because you have a wife that I would like to sleep with. It's not because you have a car that I'd like to kill you for, right? It's basically because you're not me. Since you're not me, you don't think like me. I see how different you are. Okay. So the question, therefore, is, does that mean if I carry that around with me, but I still walk into the show with you, right? I still walk into the building with you, and we still work together. But in my heart, I still have this... This attitude. So is that is that the sin of the Chazal are saying we have to eradicate? There are again that is a very modern approach. The problem with that, I think, is is that yes, that's a character flaw to work on kinnah chemda. But can that be as really as bad as the virus that brought the destruction of the Beis to the point that that it's that we still haven't have Again, there are people that will say yes, sinah is, is 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 more. Uh, it, 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 it shows a greater corruption of the society than even. If you take a look Chazal here, I think what, you, what we're looking at, especially in the Tosefta and Menaches here, that's the second source. It says I'm sorry. It says I'm sorry. Chazal were bothered by the fact that. Bayishei seemed to be great. Uh, there was a lot more Torah than Bayishei than there wasn't Bayes Rishon. Now, true, Bayisrisha had lahaka anevim. They had uh, uh, sections, and, and you, if you were initiated, like like if you became, you know, you could become a Jedi master, right? If you could become part of the, if you get into the to the group, then there was a lot of kedusha and holiness. But the idea of actually as we know from uh, Shua Ben Gamla and others, the idea of, of, of a yeshiva in every place, the idea of learning going on on a mass level, the idea of actually a formulation of the principles of Torah HaMalpeh in a way that they can be understood and, 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 and learned and studied. That the idea of action, bias rishon. We like to think that everybody, the, 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 the Shmuel An-Navi was just a typical Rishiva, and he gave a he gave a shirakol, he gave, it, he gave shir a klop, and everybody came over to him for Hazar Sashir afterwards. But that's not true. The, the, we know that there was Torah was kept by a cadre of very holy men, but it was in many ways unknown. There's a reason why you had 60 or 70 percent. I don't know how much you want to say Malchus Yisrael was, but they were basically non Torah Jews in a way. They were they had Torah, and, right? But they didn't keep the Pratim of Torah Shabbat. They didn't know all the Pratim of Torah <inaudible> Okay, So, say David and But when you had Malchus Yisrael, when you had Achav, when you had, and that was for hundreds and hundreds of, but that was by Yisrishan for hundreds and hundreds of years. Okay, if you would come in over there and say, "How can you be like this way?" It's a, it's a tanya, the baby of against what you're doing, right? Elio, Eliezer, no, that Russia. What are you talking about him? That guy's the worst guy in the world, right? <laughs> so, the, the idea of learning Torah was definitely less. And Israel, right? And, and, and even the Chassidim, as you can see, were clearly uh, there was Chesed, uh, much greater opportunities for Chassidim. And to the point, as you can see, Chazal say here in the Tosefta menochas, the, what does it say? Zehir and b'maisris. they would give to the Kehanim properly. Um, so the Tosefta says an interesting thing. Tosefta says, he says, <laughs> So it adds another element that we didn't find in the Gemara Numa. The Gemara Numa just says pure <laughs> The Taisefta adds this idea, which again could be the proto-source, could be the Gemara specifically edited it out, but the Taisefta says that the reason behind things were, was, was Samamain. The two it says, <laughs> Okay? So, where does that stem from? So if we take a look, again... Excuse me, it says, Oh, very good question. What about him this moment? Oh, so that's the Mitzv. Before he, before he even wrote his masterpiece about what Sinas is, he has haoris on the Shiltas, the Rav Gon, and that's right over here. So he says, He says, it starts with two things. Um is shaim samo. So he says "I khair it starts with tarte vasaim bakhod. It starts with mumon, right? And it ends with both. I see the same thing. So he says he, he says the avsa moman loyo yaven godo mit zaratsmo. Okay. And kokakh. And shu ya giram In other words, according to what the native said in his younger days, one causes the other. One in other words, this was a society that, incredibly, even though you would think Bayez Rishon was a wealthier, more independent society, they had their own control of things, but they didn't have Chemnasa Mammon in the same way. But, so in other words, so, right, so so in other words, right, so, so it's not just I hate you, it's, there's, it, you, 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 what becomes primary to you is, Having enough money, being right, making sure you can make the payments, making sure you have that. There was, there was a chem de samomon that the Tosefta is saying at all costs, right? To the point that which somehow was not in bias, uh, uh in bias, uh, Okay, then Netziv actually as he got older, he developed this a little bit further in a way that I think is, uh, which I'll just show you quickly. And that was like a surprise to think that that's the way, don't we know that that Ahavat uh, Mamal could bring to a person to say Latina"? Sometimes the obvious... No, but it's like... Uh, no, it's like... Okay, so... What's the Right, so... <laughs> that's the... That's the Okay, that's the All obvious. right, yeah, so... the, the, the Sachma. As Nitzv yeah. developed these ideas, and especially as he started... i want to finish them. As he started to uh, um, uh, give shiurim and chumash, part of the thing, you know, the yeshiva uh, stood very strong against Musar. They felt that they didn't need musr. Rav Chaim felt, when he heard about, you know, this idea, his Talmidim were were starting, uh, Rav Zundel of Salant, and then Rav Yisrael Solanter. they stood against that. They felt, you know, that uh, you could get all the, Rav Chaim felt, Rav Yitzvah, that you could get all the Musra you need by learning Medrash properly. If you were in Pirkei you were in Medrash, you don't need special Musra books, and to spend 20 minutes, you know, investing yourself and uh, getting yourself excited. You could get everything from learning Chazal. Not necessarily Shosh and but if you learn the Chazal and the deal with, with Musa, and that's all you need, and that will make you a true Bal Musa. So um, the Nitziv, uh, as you can see here, developed in the Hamik Dover, his parish on He gave a Chumish here for 20 minutes after davening every day, and eventually he wrote those ideas down, he published them, and he was very proud of them. He thought that they really represented a true Torah philosophy. And he says here like this. He says, "We know at the end of Parshas Seis um, Hamparocha, it says that the um, that that the uh, that the, there was a generation. Torah Pirsh, who is that? Bayisheni, shayut achlo Basically, they didn't, there was a disconnect of how to relate to the world around them. So basically what the Mitzv says is that there was, in, there was the Tzudukim that had arisen. And they were a, tr- a real threat to Kuala Yisrael. They felt that the Torah Shabal was invented and that all the is important is the and that is a tremendous threat. But the, the, the anger that was elicited there spread that even people in the middle started to be seen as suspicious. The Prushim, who were tzaddikin, in many ways they wanted to fight for independence, they sought, and therefore they would actually kill innocent people. But, now, there's a person who's not from, who's just not keeping mitzvahs properly. Oh, that's a tzaddikin. <laughs> that guy is not piquiris. That guy's part of that group. And therefore, they would institute, they would take a, a, a citizen's arrest approach, and they would kill the guy. And that was the marid of the uh, And that is what Sinus is. Sinas isn't, isn't just sitting there saying, I don't like you. Sinas is acting and thinking that because who you are, because I don't trust you, I actually have the right to kill you. So Sinus Chinim only is, 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 was terrible, he says, because it led to actions of shvi HaZdamim. It isn't just sitting back and saying, I hate that guy. It, it, but it's because it showed itself Lameisim. Okay, uh we should be Zohcha by, by learning about the things and taking these things to heart, about how we should perhaps temper our attitude about the people around us. The point that uh, we, we don't necessarily look at the people around us and assume that if they're not keeping mitzvahs in the same way,